Hello friends, Michaela here and welcome to And All The Things. I have to be totally honest, I have butterflies and giggleberries in my stomach because I am super excited about today's guest for a lot of reasons. While my whole goal here with this series is to look at how people like you and me are using their divine gift to grow, change and serve. Today I get to invite to you my pastor. I get to call her my pastor, but I also get to call her my friend, and you're gonna find out why. She is a delight. She is an incredibly down-to-earth human who understands the importance of exploring the world and differences and new thinking. Um, and she is helping me to learn my way back to a stronger relationship with God, and I am forever grateful for that. So without further ado, I introduce to you Pastor Lathelma Yen Bata. Let me see if I can get her in. Drumroll, please. Did I get her? Oh, come on. Something's. Oh, there she is. Hey, so thrilled to be here oh. with you, sis. I'm going to move back because, like you said, I'm extra close. Yeah, so we can get situated, right? There's always That's time for right. a pause. Yeah. How are you today? How are you doing I today? I am doing fantastic. I'm going to turn you up too because. It's a little low. Good. Sounds good. Gotta be heard. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> we have Lathelma Yembata and all the things. Um, so tell us today, you're doing pretty good on this day. We talk often, um, but what makes you so excited to be here today? Yeah. Um, one, I am a lover of community. Um, and this is one, I love you first of all. And I get to be in community with you and to share wisdom and to vibe um, and connect. Um, I don't get to do that often on Sunday mornings and we have coffee a lot. And just to be right. um, talking about what God is doing in our lives publicly is also very important. And so I've been thinking about these things and just excited to share a little bit about what God has been stirring in my heart. I'm super lit that Jess and Leslie and Emily are here watching with us today. Hello. What's up, ladies? Hello, um, friends. Yeah, so just excited to be here with you. Um, it's always a lit time being here with you. <laughs> Amen, girl. Well, you know what? And I got to say, let's just go there. It's always a lit time. When was the last time your pastor friends said that to you? Um, it's, it's one of the things I love and one of the parts about you that... Um, that really resonates with me. So real quick, my story, my experience with you is I showed up Easter of 2021 um, to your service at Flemington Baptist Church. I had been there before for holidays and different occasions as we have family involved. Um, and we show up, the kids do this wonderful Easter egg hunt. We come in and there you are standing up there and I don't know if anyone knows this, but she's black friends. And Hunterdon <laughs> County, Flemington is not so. Thank and you. It was, just in case, just in case anybody's not watching, right? If they're just listening. Um, and I say that a little jokingly because there's so many times where like people don't want to acknowledge that we have a black pastor, yeah. right? And, and I just felt the willingness of this church to grow and to change and to serve in such a beautiful and dynamic way got my attention. And then you started talking and I was like, well, holy <laughs> crap. And my pastor is going to use the word lit to talk about being excited. How do you balance Girl. that? Because being like who you are, and we'll have to talk about who you are and where you've come from. But um, I, 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 I'm smitten. 
You got me, girl. Yeah. You got me, girl. How did you, you find me? your way there? <laughs> oh, my you. FBC. You know what? Mm -hmm. This is where I'm going to start. And I actually took some notes for myself so that I wouldn't forget. Um, and I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I write everything down. Good. And hello to all the people who just joined on. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hello to engage folks. So just so glad there's some waves. So there's a Maya Angelou poem called entitled Our Grandmothers. And in one of the lines of the poem, she speaks about standing as 10,000. And so whenever I'm asked, who am I? How did I get here? I kind of evoke the lines of this poem to say, I, I show up as one person, but I stand as 10,000. And even one of the people who are on here, Enos, is one of my childhood church good friends who is a Hello, Enos. I want to say hi to him. Uh, all the way in California. Thank you for joining us. So whenever I'm asked this, I have to talk about uh, that I am the daughter of Rhonda Armstrong and Eric Brown, the granddaughter of Thelma and James Armstrong, um, born Thelma Williams, my grandmother. Uh, she was born into an impoverished family in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Wave your hand in the chat if you know where Muscle Shoals is. <laughs> I didn't know where that was. Never heard of it. Oh, she was born until she died uh, on her birth certificate. Wow. Um, she later moved to Kentucky and then to Chicago and worked as a domestic worker. And later she met my grandfather, James Armstrong, who was born in an unincorporated town called Fridgman's Bayou um, and raised in a sharecropping family in Toro, Arkansas. And then he migrated to Chicago as many black people did from the South to find opportunity and upward mobility and together my grandparents raised generations of Armstrongs who have overcome adversity of all kinds. And so I am the mm -hmm. sister of LaCara and LaSandra and seven other sisters whom I don't even know all of their names. Auntie <laughs> Ibiana, Kayla, and Atlas. And I am mother to Jophiel, Juliet, Imefa, and Selassie Farah Armstrong Jackson, and wife to the great Reverend Samuel Yenbata and I am the compassionate humanitarian and faith leader and pioneer and creative because of them. And so that's mm. how I wanted to start by evoking my gratitude to my lineage and to the people who have shaped and formed me. And so um, that's how I made it here. <laughs> that is powerful, right? Because we are not just one thing. We are the sum of many and, and the blessing and the burden of that falls heavily and beautifully on all of our shoulders. Absolutely. And you seem to shoulder that very well, despite the fact that you didn't necessarily have it easy, right? You have gratitude for the love and presence of these individuals, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your life moved through smoothly, right? No, absolutely not. So you told me a story once, and you know this, this kind of, I wanna start talking into your trust and faith in, in God and the spirit and I think you said you were 12. I'm going back a long time. This is one of our first conversations. And you said a neighbor found a falling in the, in the wind, you know, a picture of Forrest Gump's leaf falling around the world <laughs> and falls at his feet. And it's for a scholarship to go to a private school or something to that effect. And he, sh and you were there and he showed it to you. And that was a step for you. And yeah. what I know about you is part of your mission is being a pioneer, right? How do, how does all of that tie together? Yeah, so I would so the first thing I would say is that um, purpose, you don't chase purpose, 
purpose chases you, right? So it chases you down. We see that in scripture with the Psalm, right? The one that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And so mm -hmm. truly my life is a testimony of that God literally chasing me with goodness and mercy. And so my neighbor who, um, his name is Chris and he went to a private school um, and the scholarship foundation did not pursue students who attended schools that I attended, um, low income, poorly funded and poorly resourced. Um, and he said, I know that you would, he just, he, he kept that application just for me. So he, oh, he did. Okay, you know, good. It was intentional for him to give it to me. And so he gave me the application for the scholarship foundation. And from there, you know, it's saying yes to God to say, okay, hey, do you want to go? The scholarship foundation says, hey, we need more kids to go to boarding school. Are you interested? And my mom and I were just like, I was like, I don't know what boarding school is, but I'm, I'm good with rolling with it. Um, and so, I mean, what, what I'm hearing about what that says to me and what that has, the meaning that I have drawn from that is that, you know, being a pioneer is saying yes to God saying yes to the uncertain, saying yes to, to the unknown, because I didn't even see my school. The first day that I saw my high school was the first day that I got dropped off by my parents to attend. And so that something innate within me mm -hmm. was courageous enough to know that if God took me there, then God was going to keep me, protect me. I was going to be okay. And so I see that, you know, even in accepting the pastorate to Hunterdon County, which is a county that I was, you know, I educated myself through Google to learn about. But I had no idea about Flemington or FBC as a, a, a longstanding um, pillar of faith in our community. But I knew that if God called me, I was going to be okay. That's not to say that it hasn't been difficult, but that is to say right. God promises to be faithful to be with us um, when God calls us to a new place. And so that has been the same story over and over again, no matter where I've gone. I love that. And and the same thing ties through that it hasn't always been easy, but you continue to answer the call. In the work that you do today, what do you think the call is for you? What is the call that you hear and that drives you and gives you purpose in the day to day today? Yeah, so I've been recently trying to put some language around my purpose. Um, so I think that one, we serve many roles, right? So I've, I've done many roles. And so my role right now is pastor. Um, but the purpose within that, I think, is to unfreeze our imaginations. I think that our imaginations as people of God, as human beings have been frozen. Um, recently I posted something on Facebook, which was like my musings about our addiction to predictability, right? right. Um, someone recently requested that church be predictable. We want church to be coming, mm -hmm. know what's expected, but God is the exact opposite of that. We talk right. about God who broke through humanity and decided to save us, right? They called us into relationship with God. There is nothing predictable about that kind mm -hmm. of God. And so our job as people of faith, as people connected to the divine, to God, is to, to imagine a world that is not like this. It is to bring forth this kingdom of God uh, that is um, not yet. It's already and not yet. And so for right. me, my job is to unleash that, to unleash radical people full of gifts and talents into the world so that they can construct this kingdom that God has called us to, to construct, right? Amen. <laughs> all the resources to empower you to do what God has called you to do.
Right. right? It's not to chain you down with my belief systems. Right. It is not to suck the joy out of life, right? Tell you what you can't do, control your behaviors. No, but it is to empower you. Right. And so that's what Jesus did for his disciples. And that's what I hope to do for the people who I come into contact with, not just in my pews, right? In these pews, but the world is my parish, as a Methodist pastor once said. So, you know, I hope to pastor all of those who will allow me to um, and contact with. Thank you for that. That was incredibly well said. You're getting lots of kudos in our chat here. Um, I just, I just kind of want to pause and, and dog ear that for a second, because what you said was so profound and important. Your job is not to tell us what to do and how to live. It's to invite us to the curiosity of what we can do with this life while we're living it and while we're bumping and bruising and succeeding and otherwise, 100%. but it's, and, and that's something that was really important to me. I've had a really long and diverse journey uh, with religion. I can say that my commitment to and relationship with God has always been there, but it's kind of like a parent, right? Like, you know, it's always there, but all the other things kind of get in the way, the to-dos and the expectations. And I found that I've struggled with religion. That has been my struggle here on earth because I'm, I'm pretty clear <laughs> on what's the divine inside me, right? I, I'm, I know that that's real, but I get frustrated with religion. And, and I say that as a Christian, right? I've never professed to be anything else, but the people sometimes get in the way and sometimes the language and the words get in the way. And I know that's really important to you. Um, so we're gonna talk about language in a minute, but in one of our original conversations, I said to you, I'm like, so what is this Baptist thing? And what am I signing up for? Because I don't really get it. But I really like what's happening in your church. I really like how, how there's change making, I like how there's creativity and curiosity. Um, so do you remember that conversation? That we had very early on? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And do you remember how you responded when I was like, I don't really know about this whole Baptist thing. There's a lot of noise in the media and blah, blah, blah. What am I signing up for? Can you explain what, what Baptist is to you? Like where you stand in this, in this faith? Because I think bridging that gap for people like me who have been a little jaded by churches or by the people in some churches and the methodologies might be helpful to kind of see that it's not the only way. Yeah, uh, so, you know, um, Christian denominations, <laughs> we have a lot. Are a plenty. <laughs> right? And so we, yeah. per se, there is a Christianity. There are Christians, mm -hmm. right? There are lots of ways to interpret um, scripture, to interpret faith and religion in our relationship to Jesus. And so being Baptist is one iteration of interpretation. Um, and the reason why I was drawn to being Baptist uh, is, is partly because we really believe in the ethic of, of individuality and context, right? So mm -hmm. your church discerns together the context, you know, that you're living in and how to respond to that context. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like hierarchies. I do not like um, the idea that um, I'm dictated something by a higher authority. Um, I love I love the circle, the tape, the, the leadership uh, structure that is circular. And I do believe that Baptists are circular. Um, right. And I also see myself as a very ecumenical person, which means, ecumenical means 
that you you can identify with many different things. You can be in relationship with many different voices. Um, and so I'm married to a Presbyterian minister. I came from a black church. We were Methodists, but if you are from the black church, it's some black church people in here. Black church, and it could be right. all denominations within that. Um, and right. so, for me, my calling and my purpose is to create a community, um, not to perpetuate Baptist polity mm -hmm. or ideology, but to create communities that are multi-ethnic, intercultural, um, and committed to to transformation, social social transformation, and connectivity and reconciliation with one another. You know, I have had the honor and the privilege of traveling abroad doing ministry. I was in um, uh, Seoul, South Korea. I did ministry in Nicaragua and Costa Rica. And I was telling you that growing up, my God was Black. All I knew was right. Black God, right? Um, and God is all right. different things. God is multi, you know, uh, multi-dimensional, multi-ethnic. God is all of us, right? We are mm -hmm. a reflection of God's God's self. And so, but when I went to Korea, God was Korean. When I went to Nicaragua, God was Latin American, right? Like God, right. all of these different things. And so I made up in my mind that my worship space had to reflect the world. It has to. I, I can no longer sit in spaces. Um, and I value those spaces. I think those spaces are absolutely necessary. Having, you know, ethnic um, churches are very important. Black church is very important. But for me and my particular calling and purpose, I believe that I am called to bring all of those spaces together um, and to figure out how to make this messy reality a thing, right? How do right, we this messy, beautiful world we have, what do we do with it? Heaven is all of us, right? So how can we practice that on earth? And so that is what I'm trying to facilitate um, at, at what is called now Flemington Baptist Church. Um, and so that's where I'm at, right? Like, <laughs> I hope I answered that. Sounds, that sounds super easy, by the way right? <laughs> not at all. And, yeah. you know, I know personally, as I'm part of the committee, but you're not just talking the talk. You're not just saying, I want to, to live in a, a new and diverse way that's good for me. You're saying, I want to pastor this church forward. Hey, hey there, amazing listeners of And All The Things. Thank you for being on this journey with me. The fact that you're still here I have to assume this podcast has sparked your curiosity, encouraging you to think of life beyond your current boundaries. Now it's time to take that energy and channel it into a transformative journey where boundless joy awaits. Introducing The Course for Joy, brought to you by Joy Enterprises and me, Michaela, your joy coach. Life gets busy, I get it, but self-care matters and should not take a back seat. That is why we've crafted a four-week self-guided adventure to seamlessly fit into your routine. In just 15 minutes, a few times each week, our enlightening video lessons and engaging workbooks will guide you through self-discovery and bring you closer to growth. As a special bonus, when you enroll in the Course for Joy, you'll receive an exclusive 50-minute live coaching session. We'll celebrate your progress and create a roadmap for your journey ahead. Are you ready to paint your life with vibrant joy and purpose? Visit myjoycoach.com backslash course to learn more about the transformative course for joy. Let's amplify your joy and ignite your purpose together. Stay tuned for more inspiration and insights right here on And All The Things. So what I love is that you have this deep connection to your purpose and mission. 
But you're also not going in like a bull in a china shop and saying, we're just going to uproot everything and do it my way. Um, I'm on a committee with you that you are organizing and being led by the congregation members, individuals, to identify what the church can tolerate for change. You are doing this strategically. You are being patient. You are being explorative. And it's, it, it, it's driven by your purpose to be a pioneer. What is the next best thing for this church and its community? And I think that is super, from a business perspective, a religious perspective, any perspective you want to look at, you're doing it right. And you are talking the talk just as much as you're walking the walk. And I want to commend you because I can say firsthand that hasn't been easy, right? You have not walked into, you know, when I saw you at Easter service, I saw, you know, progress and change in this, this church that's dedicated to something new and different. And even if we want those things, it's not always easy to change. How do you as the pastor shoulder that? Because to carry your personal ambitions, your hope for the church, your management of the individuals is a lot. How do you handle um, whether it's self-care or self-boundaries to, to be present for each situation and to hold yourself at peace, if that's possible? Yes, I can tell you what I did wrong in the beginning. <laughs> you know, you check your motivations. Um, right. I'm a pioneer and I have... You know, as a black woman in, in any space, right, doing things for the first time, um, you are underestimated a lot. I cannot tell you how many times I've been told I'm inexperienced and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, there's just the suspicion that comes along with being young and, you know, different in a space. Um, and so right. you have to be sure and certain about who you are in God. Um, and that um, despite you cannot be overly concerned, because at some point you do need to be aware of how people perceive you, but you right. cannot be overly concerned with other people's perspective of you, because then right. motivations will then become, you know, to please them, to prove them wrong, because I was like that. I was right. like, you know what? No, you didn't just tell me. I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm inexperienced. And so I overfunctioned in the first right you know, six months to a year of my role here because I was trying to prove people wrong. And I ended up hurting myself, right? They're still the same. They're the same type of people. Even when I have overfunctioned, proved them, right. it still didn't change. And so what I've learned is that, you know, I can't be overly concerned with that, right? That I have to be certain within myself of who I am, who God has called me to be, and believe that I have everything that I need inside of me and I have learned through all this expensive education how to get information. Information is accessible. If you don't know something, there's a knowledge gap, you can go and fill that gap, right? We can't be afraid to step out into big, big roles, big jobs because we feel like we don't know enough. You're never gonna know everything, right? And so And that's beautiful because that means there's always learning, there's growth, there's opportunity, new experiences. Appreciated in our culture. It is beautiful. But we also have to recognize, mm -hmm. you know, you can't show up in a room and be like, I don't know what I'm right. doing. <laughs> right? It's, For sure. You have to know, you got to be resourced. And so some of the things that people struggle with is like imposter syndrome. And I was listening to Melody Hobson, and she is a huge uh, banker um, with aerial investments in Chicago. And she said, you know, how I got over imposter syndrome was making sure that I knew my stuff right? She was like, there is no imposter if you show up in a room and you know what it is that you're talking about. And so for me, you know, I have to, I make sure that I am prepared, 
right? I might not know everything, but I'm going to tell you, I'm prepared, right? Show up prepared. And so um, that is how I balance, you know, changing the community and also maintaining my own sense of self is that one, I prepare myself for what I'm doing. Um, I, I affirm and validate myself. I have, you know, a strong therapist who is amazing um, and meets my needs. Um, I strongly support having a therapist. This woman right here that just says, speak on it, encouraged, you know, me to have a professional coach in my first year um, of ministry so that I know, you know, what it is that I'm doing. And then I have someone who is experienced to yep. bounce ideas off of. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, you know, preach, I, preach, preach. It's, it's how I live my, my everyday life. Struggle. Sometimes I want to snap back and clap back and mm -hmm. act all kinds of ways, but the spirit of calls me back to my purpose. And so when you are grounded in that, what other people do, you it will not move you. Um, and so in that poem that I said in the beginning of Maya Angelou, the, the refrain in the poem is, I will be, un I am unmoved. And so you just got to be unmoved, unbossed, unbothered. Like, okay. And, and what gives you the, the courage, because you've mentioned that, like the courage at 12 to, to fill out that application or whatever age it was, the courage to step into this role, the courage to tolerate a little bit of imposter syndrome while you do the work. I mean, it's, it comes from God very much so that direction and that vision, but again, you haven't done it alone. Okay. So how important is the role of mentorship for you? Cause that's also been mentioned a few times. And in my experience, I agree with you, get a coach, get a therapist, do not walk this journey alone because while we can walk in faith, we were given other people to help us figure it out along the way. The, that's the purpose. That's our goal together. So how, how has mentorship, um, been a, a light for you or a driving force? Yeah. So um, mentorship is is non-negotiable. You need to have models of um, your of the work that you're doing, of the, the purpose that you're living. Um, you might not find people that are doing exactly what you want to do, but you're never the first, right? There are always people who are, you know, close, who have made this possible standing in the space that you're standing in. And so having mentorship is important because, you know, you get to avoid certain pitfalls that people have already experienced. So you get the wisdom, right? Without the pain, right? And the exactly. Hopefully, God. right. Be to God. Yeah. And on the flip side of that though, right? You gotta be careful because sometimes God is taking you to some places that your mentors themselves have not gone. And so you have to constantly negotiate, you know, how much you're going to take from certain people, right? Like, I know that how I want to pastor, um, that's not how my mentor pastors. And sometimes some of the things I say to her, she gets very nervous. She's like, wait, you know, if you do this, then like, they're going to view this way and this way. And so sometimes you are also expanding, you know, the, the knowledge of the people that you're also working with. And so while you're all, you're being mentored, you're also expanding the territory. And so, you have to balance that because sometimes I get frustrated and I'm like, okay, I understand the concern, but I'm gonna take the risk because I want I want a different life. I want a different way of experiencing, you know, my my calling, my role, you know. And so mm -hmm. it's a both and situation. So you need to be mindful um, and choose wisely the people that you take wisdom from. Amen to that. And so you mentioned um, that in talking with your mentor, oftentimes they might be like, whoa, I don't know if I would do that. Can you reference one sermon where they were like, 
I don't know about that one. And you did it anyway. And it nailed, like it landed. Do you have any of those? Well, it wasn't necessarily about um, a sermon necessarily, but it was okay. a way of orientation to the way I pastor. So mm -hmm. for instance, that I like sharing my pulpit, right? That I like other people speaking, other voices speaking. Some people have a, have issues with that, right? Because it's an issue of power and control. Right. And so for me, because I am a Black feminist, I believe shared, shared space, right? That power is shared, voices should be heard. And so that is, um, for some people, they're like, don't do that, you will lose your authority. And, you know, for me, I'm not afraid of that. Um, I, I, I'm not. And so that was something that came up um, in one of my conversations. And you do have to be mindful that you have the right people speaking. Um, right. right. Yes, choose wisely. But shared space is important. And I think one of the, one of the things um, that has caused the decline in the church is that it's centered around a person, right? Yeah. But it should be centered around the word of God. And that is spoken through all people. Acts says that the spirit of God is falling on all people, all flesh, young people, old people, right? And so everybody needs to be heard in this space. Um, and so I, that's the way I pastor. I hope to never preach, you know, more than two Sundays in a month. That's my goal, right? Is that the other two Sundays we're hearing other voices so that if ever I am not here, right? That the church will continue because we have strong leaders who understand theology understand how to preach to one another and so that is the mark of a good, of a good leader in my opinion so I love it I love it and before we close out today I want to talk about uh, one more topic that I think is really important to both you and I and that is the mentorship and the inclusion of youth yeah. how important is that to to your experiences across the globe um, to a healthy community and I don't just mean church right because it's bigger than that but what is what does the youth role look like for you what's the value there i mean one they are they have a, a wisdom that and an access to realities that we don't know mm -hmm. um so you know i always surround myself when we talk about mentorship is people that are older than me and people who are younger than me. I surround myself with those people who mentor me. Young people mentor me as well. Um, and I think that, you know, they are a generation that um, young people are always pushing us forward. You know, um, I think intergenerational conversations are essential to creating the kingdom of God. You know, I don't think we could literally exist without one, one another. And the church is one of the few spaces that is intergenerational in our society, right? In school, you have maybe an intergenerational teacher and a, and a, and a uh, you know, a class full of kids who are the same age. Um, but in church, you have your great-grandmother, you got your cousins, your aunties, you got your peers, right? You have a, an intergenerational unit that is doing life together. And that is so generative and powerful. Um, you get to have conversations. You're not just saying, oh, people are like this. And you would never talk to, you know, someone in their 80s or teenagers are like this and millennials are like this. And so we want to stop stereotyping one another and actually have a relationship with them. Like, I love our senior, our seasoned people here. Like, I get on the phone with them and talk to them like I talk to my girls, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, like, this is going on with me. Give me some wisdom. Give me some knowledge. Yep. Um, and so it's super important. It is super important. And I appreciate as a mom. And as a, you know, a, a believer in the power of youth, that it is a value of yours. Um, like I said, Easter Sunday, we showed up because we wanted to do an Easter egg hunt and feel all the Easter excitement. 
And that's important, right? And, and I didn't see a bunch of parents out there. I saw, like you said, the seasoned folks of the church and our kids running around having the best time. And it was absolutely a vision of God and grace. And, and I appreciate that. Um, so before we close out, I want to say to everyone listening that if you've enjoyed listening to my dear friend and my pastor, LaFelma, and you do not live in the Flemington area, you can log in on Sunday mornings for our 11 o'clock service on our Facebook page. It's Flemington Baptist Church in New Jersey. I'm sure you can give us more details if you want to, but it is absolutely worth it. The message that you, LaFelma, send is is directed to that whole stratosphere of age groups, mindsets. We talk about contemporary rap songs referenced in, in some. We talk about movies referenced in some. And it's a beautiful mix of tradition and scripture with that desire for personal transformation and community transformation and growth. And I think you balance them beautifully. So if your goal in life is to be a pioneer, you are helping us do the same. And I am deeply grateful for that. Um, so before we close out, I am going to ask you, because I love to listen to you pray, you have a beautiful discernment for language, the words you choose. And I know I'm kind of like hyping you up and I don't want to make you stressed about it, but I love to listen to you pray. And if you could offer to us anything you want to share, you know, certainly follow along. She's Queen Thelly at Instagram. Any other way you want to get us out there, any message you want to find a close or, you know, send out to the world. But then I would love for you to take us out in a sweet, brief prayer. Yeah. And so um, in, in the spirit of being community, I want to ask our audience um, if there are any prayer requests, right? It, mm. <laughs> it, it's Thursday. so good. Um, and if there, anything, if there is anything that's on your heart that's burdening you today and you'd like for us to lift it up to God, I want to just invite you to take a couple of minutes to just throw it in the chat. Mm -hmm. We will just surrender that to God. And um, if you want to also express um, some gratitude for today, it doesn't have to be a prayer request. It could just be a, a thought of gratitude for what God has done. Um, you could throw that in the chat. I just want to hear from y'all too, um, because we are all, this is a conversation. Uh, if you had any questions for me, you can also DM me or put that in a question as um, in the comment section as well. Um, and um, just give it like two seconds for that and then I will pray us out. I just take you know, it away. Yeah. <laughs> that um healing and empowerment of others. Absolutely. Awesome. One of my employees' mother had a stroke last night and is in the midst of the last stage camp. Prayers for Maggie. I'd like to pray for um the family of Bob Whipple a community member who passed away on Monday. Guidance to my purpose in life. Okay. I might not be able to name all of them because I would have to scroll, but just know that of course. God is seeing and hearing. I like to ask that you pray that we may all have the boldness that God wants for us in the different ways that we can be bold in our lives. I'm trying to work on that. Absolutely. Good job. Thank you for sharing yourself today. It's lovely. You're beautiful. And that damn smile is just so good. Oh, look at that. For those who are only listening, you're missing out. Please go 
look on the Facebook page, you'll see her beautiful smile. It's incredible. Yes, this smile comes from my mother. It really does. Mm -hmm. so when I see it, I see her. So um, I love it. All right, take us out, girl. Yes. Um, generation of God, we thank you for being our creator. Thank you for being our parent, our mother, our father. Thank you for all that you have done for us, the provision that you have provided, the grace that pursues us, the goodness that pursues us, even in the midst of so much chaos and uncertainty. What we know for certain is that your love is, is, is everlasting and that your faithfulness is unfailing. God, you are faithful to us. God, you've heard the prayer requests that were lifted up we have prayer requests for um, comfort to those who are grieving, strokes that are happening, um, cancer, last stages of cancer, just the grief, the overwhelming of grief um, that may be happening in families, Lord, and also in our culture and our society that is plagued by violence and division. God, we ask, you said that those who weep will be comforted, those who mourn will be comforted, Lord. And so we pray for your comforting presence with us today. God, we pray that you will give, that you will ignite in all of us a spirit of boldness, that you will ignite in all of us um, a spirit of purpose and um, confirmation and affirmation that you have given us all that we need. Lord, you have not forsaken us, forsaken us, Lord. You've given each and every one of us a special purpose, a unique purpose that only we can fulfill, Lord. So God, fill us with that certainty and Prepare our hearts, our minds, and surround us with people who will bring out the best in us, Lord. God, I pray for the wisdom uh, of everyone on this call, Lord. I pray that they will be protected and that your love will overwhelm them and that they will experience a tiny miracle, uh, that they will see you in their lives each and every day from extraordinary things to the mundane. May they see your presence with them always. Heal hearts. Um, and just remind us of your love. Thank you for Michaela. Thank you for the space. We pray for her business, Lord, of coaching. You've given her so many gifts. Like she is so gifted and talented and she loves people. God, please bring her following to her, Lord God, the people that she is supposed to reach. Lord, let them come and receive healing and joy in their souls. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. I love you all. That's all I want to say is that I love you with the love of Christ. And <sighs> it's been a joy to be here on this live. I don't do live. And mm. so it's just been a joy. So thank you, Michaela, for taking me out of my life. It has been a joy. And I, I cry when I pray, like when I just really get deep into it. So that was lovely. I appreciate it. I have zero concern letting my tears fall because it is That's right. such a gift to feel connected. Yes. And I, I'm grateful. So to everyone that spent time with us today and um, those who will listen in the future, know that you are loved. Know that there is a space for you, whether it's at FBC or in a different church or in nature or wherever you find God. Go find God mm. because it's within you and the closer you get to God within the closer you get to yourself. Oh, fine, God. And that's what we need. So LT, that's, my good gracious that's, woman. Thank you. Oh my God, if you gotta, if you gotta slap this with a title, go find God sounds great to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Until then, my friends, thank you all for joining us. Lathelma, you are a gift to so many.
And for the 10,000 you stand to represent, I know that there are 10,000s more. Mm -hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. We'll chat soon. Much love, everyone. Bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of And All the Things. If you enjoyed today's show, please like and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you really liked it, please go ahead and rate it. Then think about who in your life might also need to hear it and any of the other episodes we have shared. Then share it with them. When you find something meaningful, something valuable, you've got to share it and pay it forward to those you care for. Thanks for joining us and follow along on Instagram at myjoycoach to see more of me, your host, Michaela Bertieshaw. And as always, make it a great day.